2022 FFPC main event. Wow, that's some introduction. Hey everybody, it's Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com and we want to spend some time today to talk about the 2022 FFPC main event which is launching on Monday, July 4th and also to give an update on the FFPC Pros versus Joe's competition. Now if you don't care about the main event overview and you just want to hear about Pros versus Joe's, who's drafting against who, what the draft slots are, just advance to about the 28 minute mark of this podcast and that's where that discussion will begin. We did an appearance recently on the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast with uh, Adam Krautwurst and Mike Shope. And we went over quite a bit about the main event, but we really didn't even scratch the surface of a lot of the topics that I wanted to go over during that discussion. So I want to maybe rehash some of what we talked about there and go into a little bit deeper on the main event and the specifically the uh, analysis piece that we have out on the website at FantasyMojo.com. So as we discussed with Adam and Mike, the uh, 2022 main event top prize is a million dollars this year, which is, you know, twice as much as the 2021 overall prize. So in 2021, the the top three prizes were 500,000, 100,000, and 35,000 dollars. 2022, those are all doubled or more. The overall first prize in 2022 is a million dollars which I think is the highest payout ever for a season-long redraft tournament. Um, There's some best ball competitions out there, which obviously are a little bit more. uh, Underdog is $2 million, and they have some $1 million payouts. But this is the the highest prize that I know of for a redraft tournament. So the top three prizes are $1 million, $200,000, and $100,000. Now that third-place prize, that's a six-figure amount being bumped up from 35,000. So that's that's nearly a 3x on third place as opposed to the 2021 prize. So that's a $100,000. So you've got three six-figure or more prize payouts at the top of the uh, the prize pool. Now, you got to keep in mind that they did add a lot more leagues to facilitate these these higher top prizes. So we're going from 250 leagues in 2021 to 350 leagues in 2022. That's an additional 1,200 teams. But let's face it, people are playing for that top prize. Um, so it really doesn't matter. You know, Within your league, the prize amounts are, are basically the same. It's just when you get to that championship sprint, you're going to have some more teams to compete against for that top overall prize. So if you go to the website of fantasymojo.com, you know, hit the front page, you'll see the 2022 main event preview and 2021 retrospective. And we've got a chart there that comps 2021 against 2022 in terms of the prizes. And, you know, we've got a lot of information in the introductory page, uh, g- giving a, a, a description of the competition overall. And then we get into some deeper analyses of how the 2021 teams fared with respect to what draft slots did they draft from, what were the winning roster constructions of the teams that made the championship sprint, what were the advance rates of the uh, players that were rostered on the championship teams, what rookies 
were drafted, how many rookies were drafted per team, and, and how did that affect the, the, the advance rate into the championship round. And, you know, we've always had these player stack tools out on the site, which let you drill into, you know, the compositions of the teams. And you can see what specific teams had player stacks, how many of those existed, you know, where those those particular player combinations existed within the championship round. You know, how high were they? Uh, were they did they finish and, and whatnot? So those are always pretty popular tools for the subscribers to, to look at. And we have those uh, player stack tools available, you know, during draft season as well. So as you're drafting, you can see, you know, maybe you can draft a, a combination of players that is, is relatively unique so that when you get into the championship sprint, you have a combination of players that, you know, maybe separates you from the pack as well. So to circle back just a bit and give you some maybe higher level information about the competition, these are $2,000 entry teams at the FFPC. You can draft online beginning July 4th, or you can draft live in Las Vegas. We'll be out there um, if, if you want to say hi while we're out there. And, if, of course, if you draft live out in Vegas, you pay, I think it's like an additional $125 uh, events fee, which... And having been out there year after year, I can tell you that, that that events fee pays for a meal. You know, if you draft in the morning, there'll be breakfast. If you draft, uh, you know, later in the day, it'll either be lunch or dinner. And, and they usually take a break, I think, like 12th, 13th round of, of a main event to uh, to let you go and grab something to eat. And, you know, they also have to pay the facilitators who are, you know, putting the stickers on the draft board. So there's a, there's overhead of them, you know, running this event. So you got to pay a little bit extra on the uh, on the live events. But it really is worth it because you get to, you know, talk to people. You're drafting live. It's it's a personal event. And you'll actually, you know, build relationships with, with the players over the years. And, you know, you're not going to get that in just, you know, drafting online and um, through, a, through an online chat. So your main event draft is 20 rounds, and in the FFPC format, the starting roster, you have to start one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, two flex spots from running back, receiver, or tight end, one kicker, and one defense. Now, competing in your league, there's actually two components to it. There's a regular season, which is the first 12 weeks of the season, and then you'll have league championships in weeks 13 and 14. So you'll play everybody in your league one time, which accounts for 11 weeks, and then there's an additional all-play week, which will happen in, in week six. So during that week, the top six scoring teams will get a win, and the bottom six teams will get a loss. And then seeding for the league playoffs is performed by taking the top two uh, scoring teams and the top two teams by best record. So um, the overall top scoring team and the overall best record will be seeds one and two. So in week 13, it's a head-to-head -head elimination team. Uh, seeds one and four compete and seeds two and three compete. And then the championship week of week 14, uh, the two winners will uh, duke it out and you know there'll be a league champion and you will get a league prize for winning the league 
So individual league prize money is allocated as follows. If you are the one or two seed coming out of the regular season, you get $2,000 for either of those. If you are highest points and highest record, then you get $4,000 for doing that. Um, and then based upon that league playoff performance, first place gets $4,000, second place gets $1,500, and third place gets $500. So there's a total of $12,000 allocated to the league prize money. Now the goal obviously is to make it to that championship round which occurs during weeks 15 through 17 when you are competing against all of the other league winners across the tournament. And then you have a three-week sprint where you are basically just you know tallying points in the overall leaderboard and you're trying to obviously get the, the highest score um, during that three-week span, you'll begin the championship sprint with the average points that you scored during the regular season. So you duke it out for those three weeks, and the team that finishes up top takes down the million dollars. Obviously, there's a lot of overlap of players among the teams in the championship round. So that's when you're going to get, get into a little bit of game theory and, you know, some multi-team players, you know, they like to try and position themselves to have maybe, a, you know, a, a couple players that are lesser owned in that overall championship uh, round tournament pool to differentiate themselves a little bit. But uh, in most cases, it comes down to just having, you know, the right set of players who kind of explode over that three-week period. So um, so to help people really define and visualize what, you know, what makes a championship-winning team during the main event, you know, we've been doing these kind of retrospectives um, for the past four years over at FantasyMojo.com. And each year we take a, a hard look at you know, what did the winning teams have in common? What did the overall winners, you know, I'll, I'll look at the top five specifically and really dissect what their team looked like in the context of their draft, what they did during waivers, and what their final roster looked like at the, uh, the end of the season as they entered into that three-week championship sprint because your waiver pickups only go through week... 14 of the, uh, the the league championship. So, you know, they'll have the waivers during the regular season. Any team can, can pick up players weeks 1 through 12. And then once you get into weeks 13 and 14 of the league playoffs, only those teams participating in the league playoffs are allowed to, you know, make pickups. So if you've managed your fab wisely, you can really you know, bully and block your opponents in, in those league playoffs to, um, you know, play keep away, if you will, and pre prevent them from getting players uh, that will help them during the league, league playoffs and, you know, any players that might assist them when they get to the championship round as well. Because the teams that make it to the championship round are going to be the, uh, the first and second seeds from the regular season automatically get a bid into the championship round. And then a third team can get into the championship round from a particular league if they win the league championships. So let's say you are the fourth seed coming into the league championships. If you 
end up winning your league championships, then you also get a bid into the championship round. So that would give you potentially three teams um, out of the four competing in the league playoffs that make it to the championship round. So on an average year to year, about 20% of the teams from a, a league make it to the championship round. So that's like two and a half teams per league when you when you put it all together and, and average it out over you know all of the teams participating in the tournament. So like I said before, the main event analysis piece we have over at FantasyMojo.com, there's basically five areas that we dive into. And I'll just touch on them a little bit more here. And hopefully, if you're a subscriber, you go in there and take a look at that if you haven't already. And if you don't have a subscription to FantasyMojo.com, this is you know one, one of the premier pieces that we do every year. And you know if you're interested in, in diving into you know the paywalled content behind the introduction, then you know you're free to do so. Obviously, we, we've never had anybody regret subscribing to the site. If you're playing FFPC, this is an essential add-on to your FFPC playing experience and you know in the context of what you are paying to enter these leagues the the you know 39.95 subscription fee is really sort of trivial um, in relation to how much money you're putting on the line to participate in these leagues so let's uh, let's take a deep dive into the rosters of the top five overall winners so in this section, we basically list the final rosters of the top five overall finishers in the main event. And for each of those teams, we list you know, what position they drafted from, what time of year that they drafted in, because a lot of times there's questions from people, you know, when's the best time for me to draft? Should I draft in July? Should I draft in that final weekend before the season starts so that I have a clear picture of what the rosters look like? But the thing is, there's going to be a lot of player movement between July before the preseason even starts and, you know, that, that weekend leading up to the game. So you can actually get some values on a lot of players if you're drafting earlier. But it, the best course of action, in our opinion, is to always sort of do drafts sort of periodically through that drafting season. So do some in July, do some in August, and then a lot of people tend to do most of their drafts, you know, that, that first week of September before the season starts. So when looking at these top five teams, actually side by side, you can see patterns in, you know, the players that were common uh, among the teams that, that finished high. And and obviously, the, the big story of 2021 was the Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase explosion um, in those final weeks of the the fantasy season during weeks 16 and 17 and what we do is in addition to listing each player we'll list what the performance rank was for each player in the context of the three-week sprint so for example the top overall finisher was was the team go bills and they rostered russell wilson and joe burrow Burrow obviously was was QB one over those final three weeks, and Russell Wilson was was QB twelve. But we'll list that for every player that a team owns. Um, they also rostered Go Bills did the top one and two scoring tight ends of the championship sprint. So Mark Andrews was tight end one, and Dalton Schultz was tight end two. 
Now, like I said on the Deep End Fantasy Podcast, Mark Andrews seems to get most of the notoriety for his end-of-season performance. But in the context of the 2021 main event finishers, Dalton Schultz was actually the most commonly owned player across those top finishing teams. He was on four of the top five teams that finished. So um, that just, if you're not an FFPC player, that just goes to show you like what the power of a, a, a high-performing tight end can do for you in the, the final weeks of a tournament like this. We'll also annotate within these charts which players were drafted and which players were picked up on waivers over the course of the season in each of these teams. So it's really interesting to see that this this overall winner actually picked up on waivers the QB1, which was Joe Burrow, and the tight end two, which was Dalton Schultz. So essentially, they got these players for free. And we focus on what our draft looks like in so many cases. But the reality is, when you look at something like this, you see it's not just your draft. It's what are you doing over the course of the season to augment your team and strengthen yourself to you know make a run during the, the championship sprint. And also, how did each team craft their rosters heading into that final three weeks? You'll see some teams who... You know, roster three defenses. You see a team that just went in there with one defense. Um, so it's interesting to see how they put those together as they enter that championship round, knowing that they can't make any more moves over the course of the sprint. So it's really an invaluable resource to be able to to look at these teams. And, you know, within this chart, you can actually uh, click on the team name and link to the draft board for the particular league that they drafted in. Now, obviously, if it was a live draft, we don't have the draft board for those because those are the giant boards that you know get populated over in Vegas. But even in those cases, we'll have listed what the, the beginning rosters were at the beginning of the season and the ending rosters before they entered the championship sprint. And elsewhere on the site, we also have what I'll call the prize winners page. And what that lets you do is... For any FFPC league, you know whether it's main event football guys or just best ball leagues, we'll list at the winning teams how much they won, and you know from those listings you can take a look at the draft boards of the winners. So in the case of the main event, we'll list all of the the top finishers, how much prize money that they won for that particular place. And uh, you can uh, you can go and, and dive in there. So in doing that, we, we did another analysis um, in reference to the whole zero RB phenomenon that's going on. We wanted to see what were the top finishing zero RB teams because there's always this case made against it that it's never won an overall competition, at least since that initial article was written. So when we dug into that, we found that there were three teams that finished pretty high overall in last year's main event. So a zero RB team finished in 16th, 19th, and 21st place. So they do seem to be making some some headway into getting closer to the uh, the top of that leaderboard. And it could be a function of just more people are taking that strategy as it becomes more mainstream. And let me tell you, the old school boomers down at the Sizzler, 
they don't like to see this because it's 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 RBs or go home. So all the all those ship chasers running around out there doing zero RB drafts, um, you know that they're creating a, a lot of dissension within the ranks of the boomers because it's always going to be RBs first and RBs often from their perspective. So that's the gist of the deep dive into the overall winners. And then the next section of interest is the, the draft slots of the winning teams. So what we'll do there is look at all the teams that made the championship sprint and kind of reverse engineer it back into what position did they draft out of you know, during their league draft. And uh, we, don't, we don't want to give everything away, but I will tell you that the most successful draft slot in 2021 was draft slot number eight and we'll, we have a discussion in there as, as to why we think that that or that draft slot outperformed all the other ones so we'll see that it differs year to year what ultimately becomes the ideal draft slots to draft out of and, and the psychology among players is you know people want or most people want to have that you know number one pick that that's what gets them excited and if you're just doing a few leagues you know we can see that um, some of the more high-volume players don't really concern themselves too much with what uh, position they, they draft out of. They, they feel that they can have success regardless of the, the draft slot that they're given. So beyond draft slots, another area that we take a look at is the roster construction among the teams that make the championship round. So we do sort of a very high-level analysis of the roster allocation by position for all of the teams that end up making the championship round, which provides you with some guardrails that you can draft within and make sure you're not straying too far off course with respect to the number of players that you might be drafting at a particular position. So, you know, we'll see a lot of times during draft season, you know, teams that are drafting, you know, multiple kickers and, and multiple defense. So, you know, for instance, um, in 2021, the the teams that drafted just one kicker had an advance rate of 20%, which is an average, which speaks to that's, you know, what you logically should be doing. Now, once in a while, you see a team you know, drafting two kickers for whatever reason, I don't understand that because it's it's kind of a waste when during the draft season you should be loading up your team with high upside players that maybe have an opportunity to, you know, see an increase in value between draft time and the season. So you're, you should be taking as many dart throws as possible. So, but the teams that drafted two kickers had an advance rate of 10% which is pretty terrible. Um, so obviously people should not be doing that under any circumstance because there's really no reason why you should be drafting two kickers. If, if you don't like your, your primary kicker that you drafted, you'll have an opportunity to fix that situation in waivers because um, there will be two waiver runs before the season starts um, in most cases, un unless you draft, you know, you know, a couple days before the season actually starts in those in those final drafts. But even in those cases, you shouldn't be drafting two kickers. It's it's just silly. But uh, so we'll have similar 
advanced rates, you know, within quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, and, and you can take a look at those and see, you know, how people dialed in their their constructions and you know to set them up for the the best uh, chance of success towards the end of the season. And then the next section we have dives into the ownership of players within the with on the teams within the uh, the championship round or the rostership. Is that even a word rostership? I don't know, but you hear that term being used more common these days. So re- regardless what we're zeroing in on is the advance rates of, of the particular players. So, for instance, among the 250 teams that drafted Cooper Cup, 58% of those made it to the championship round. And the uh, second highest person would be Debo Samuel, who 48% of the teams that drafted him made it to the championship round. So it's really a good measure of what's the ROI on drafting a player in relation to what that player cost you in terms of draft capital. So, for instance, Calvin Ridley, who was essentially a complete disaster for the teams that drafted him, only 8% of the teams that drafted him advanced to the championship round. So now 20% is is the average um, that, that... you're looking for here so he was really bad uh mike davis was also terrible only nine percent of the teams that drafted him made it to the championship round and another one that's pretty interesting is is logan thomas who was being drafted in the fifth and sixth round he he was a complete disaster only 2.4 percent of the teams that drafted him made it to the championship round. But every player that was drafted is, is listed here, and you can see what the payout was um, in terms of, of, of taking your team uh, to the sprint where you could have a shot at winning the, the grand prize. And then the final section that we dive into is with respect to rookies. Um, we take a look at how many rookies a team drafted and you know what was their advance rate into the championship round based it on the number of rookies that they're drafted. So it'll vary. It, it Again, 20% is, is your sort of your average rate. And um, I will tell you that, you know, not drafting any rookies had a, an advance rate right around 20%. So there really was no significant advantage to um, ignoring rookies. Um, we did see a fall off in advance rate when people drafted too many rookies, but the, but that data is that's in the chart and it's, it's pretty obvious that um, at a certain point, if you overload on rookies, the return of value of, of, of taking that approach, you know, it, it dissipates um, at, at a certain point. But, you know, those are the highlights of, of what this article provides. And we also do the same analysis for the the football guys players championship. So there's um, the the advantage of the football guys is uh, all of the drafts are, are done online, um, whereas in, in the 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 main event, you know, there there's a handful of drafts that we don't actually have the, the draft data for, um, but both are very interesting and, and useful tools for for people to uh, to review before they get into some heavy drafting um, in either event. So that basically does it for the 
FFPC main event overview. Now we want to get into the pros versus Joes competition for 2022, which for those who aren't familiar, these are a series of best ball leagues in the FFPC slim best ball format that pit some of the bigger names in the fantasy industry up against the high stakes players of the FFPC. And there are going to be seven leagues, six live drafts, one that's a slow draft. And each league has six Joes, which are the FFPC players, and six pros, which are the industry analysts that we've selected to participate in this competition. And just to quickly rehash how people are selected for this, um, the, the Joes are selected randomly via lottery from the pool of FFPC main event entrants um, during the early bird uh, sign-up period. And the pros are selected by, I, I would call it a selection committee, um, comprised of myself and some of the folks over at the FFPC. And um, it, it's a mix of established industry analysts, and we try to mix in newer analysts um, each year just to, to, to kind of keep the pool fresh. And personally speaking, I'm always looking for those analysts that are familiar with the FFPC format or those that have uh, a specialty in, in the best ball format. So we want, we want strong players on both sides of this competition. Now, each winner of the individual league gets a free entry into a 2023 FFPC main event, which is a you know a $2,000 value. So the spots are limited. It's highly coveted to get into this competition. An interesting draft to, to, to watch. Every draft, other than the slow draft, gets broadcast live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. So, and each league is actually going to have... You know, in addition to the six pros and six Joes, we'll alternate the draft slots so that each uh, person from either side of the, the, the field, if you will, drafts right next to each other. So first position could be a pro, then second a Joe, then third a pro, then fourth a Joe. It alternates back and forth just to, to add some additional strategy to the competition. So that's a quick high-level summary. All the details about the competition are listed over at the... Uh, the website on fantasymojo.com so you should head over there and and we'll list everybody that's participating in the league so i guess at this point we want to just get right into unveiling the leagues and we're also going to hope to have the odds to win listed for each participant within their respective league that should be up this weekend at some point we're currently negotiating and, and discussing this with javier from Terahad, who's the unquestioned authority on Pros versus Joes, and he'll take a look at the success any uh, player has had in the history in this competition. He knows the backgrounds of the high-stakes players that are playing. He knows the the level of expertise that these pros have in this particular format. So he's the man who's going to set the lines on the pros and the Joes and, and who has the best chance to win within each particular league. So people need not get offended by his odds-making skills. Check your egos at the door when you enter this competition because Javier knows what he's doing. He's an impartial judge of talent here, and 
He's just trying to make this as exciting as possible for all parties involved. So with the housekeeping now out of the way, we can unveil the leagues and the draft slots for the first league. So league number one is drafting on Sunday, July 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. This is the balance is key division. So remember, we're rolling with the Cobra Kai theme here, which is a, you know, a, a portion of the, the Karate Kid universe. And every league is going to be themed based on some classic moments from the Cobra Kai and Karate Kid universe. So in draft slot number one, we have a Joe, Daniel Osorio. Two is Mauricio Gutierrez from Estadio Fantasy, adding international flavor to the competition this year. Three is Chris Carlson. Four is Shane Hallam from DraftCountdown.com. Five is Henry Muto. Six is Evan Silva. Seven is Adrian Quintana. Eight is Jared Smola from DraftSharks. Nine is David Garcia. Ten is Sigmund Bloom. Eleven is James Kearney. And twelve is Scott Connor from Dynasty and Chill. League 2 drafts Monday, July 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is the get him a body bag division. And in League 2, the pros will lead off the drafting. So in draft slot 1 is Hussein Aksu, who's the fantasy couch. 2 is Roy Perenzuela. 3 is Todd Burrows. 4 is Michael Abbott. 5 is Jason Petropoulos. Six, Michael Zuka. Seven, Peter Overzet. Eight, Julio Fuentes. Nine, the fantasy guru, John Hansen. Ten, Josh Durham. Eleven, Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell. And twelve is Brian Harris. League three drafts Tuesday, July 26th at 10 p.m. Eastern. This is the crane kick division. And Joe leads off this division. Uh, at the first spot is Rashad Cobb. Matt Schauf from Draft Sharks is number two. Shelly Fossum at number three. At the number four spot, we've got the Stealing Bananas crew with Ben Gretsch and Sean Siegel. Five is Jason Steves. Six is Jack Miller from Established to Run. Seven is Justin Baker. Eight is Josh Larkey. Nine is... Liz Ballard, 10, Jeff Manns, 11, Chris Chapman, and 12 is another rookie to the competition, Drew Davenport from footballguys.com. League 4 drafts Sunday, July 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the Finish Him Division. So we're leading off with a pro in the first spot in this division. That's John Paulson from 4 for 4. 2 is Jeremiah Turner. Three are the the Fantasy Football Hustle guys, Brian Drake and Dwayne McFarland. Four is Steve Schatzel. Five is Jim Coventry. Six is Chris Hammond. Seven is J.J. Zacharyson. Eight, Larry Weinhauer. Nine, Scott Pianowski. Ten, James DeVito. Eleven, Alex Dunlap from Rosterwatch. And twelve is John Terry. League 5 drafts Monday, August 1st at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the Know the Enemies Playbook Division, and it leads off with Joe Matthew Marcoux, 
and Mike Stanowski, his co-manager. Number two is Josh Hayes from Rotoballer. Three, Lou Tranquilli. Four, Doug Orth. Five, William Van Ormer. Six, Pat Corain. Seven, Philip Hooten. Eight, Dan Williamson from Goat District. Nine, John Hurd. Ten, Liam Murphy. Eleven, Shane Wingard. And twelve is the Fantasy Football Expo creator, Bob Lung. League 6 drafts Tuesday, August 2nd at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the No Mercy Division. Leading off with a pro in the one spot, John Daigle. Number 2, Jay Scaffinarello. 3, Rich Rebar. 4, Peter Kulubaris. 5, the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast crew, Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst. 6, Chad Schrader. 7, Michael Nazarick from Fantasy Football Mastermind. 8, Tim Deneau and Tim Bilio. 9, Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm. 10, Kevin Proctor and Jameson Proctor. 11, Darren Armani from Fantasy Mojo. And 12, Grant Dempsey. And then rounding things out in the final division, which is the slow draft, which should begin uh, on the same day that the first live draft begins. So we're targeting this to begin Sunday, July 24th. This is the Now the Real Pain Begins division. And this will lead off with a pro, Davis Maddock at the one spot, Chris Birchby at two, Justin Boone from the score at three, Danny Mueller, who's actually won the overall twice in this competition. He's at the four spot. Scott Engel from Rotoballer is at five. Vince Staffolino and Biplab Mandel at the six spot. Matt Friedman from Fantasy Pros at 7. Jeremy Ween at the 8 spot. Michael Leone from Established to Run at 9. Jeff Gill, also known as Fish, at the 10 spot. Nelson Verbit at the 11 spot. And John McLaughlin at the 12 spot. So those are the league participants and draft slots that they'll be drafting from. And at this point, we're going to send out the official invites to the participants with further information. Leagues will get set up by the FFPC usually five to seven days before the drafts kick off. And uh, we're going to get those those show sheets out there very soon with the odds to win for each participant. And we're going to blast those out on Twitter as well and get the uh, the controversy and the conversation going about who the favorites are based on Javier's forecasting and handicapping versus who the Twitter universe feels should be the favorites within each particular league. So everybody has their favorite analyst or favorite high-stakes player. Um, you know They're going to duke it out in the draft rooms, and we'll see who comes out on top. Now, if you want to see the history of this competition, go to FantasyMojo.com, and you can actually look at the leaderboards from the, from the prior years and see who's had you know, success and, and, and failure, if you will, um, in these drafts. And a lot of times, you know, you get one shot at these drafts. This, this isn't a, uh, a multi-entry tournament where you can you know, submit various rosters, uh, you know, trying to play various ownerships and implementing different stacks. You, you get one shot. You got one bullet in this competition. So everybody's going to have to bring their A game. And we're going to see how it shakes out during the live drafts. Again, they're going to be broadcast on the 
High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on YouTube um, with Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. So that's going to happen uh, at the end of July and the, and the first week of August. It's going to be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday nights over the course of two weeks. And we'll see how it shakes out. So that that's going to do it. And, um, you know, good luck to everybody drafting and in all your tournaments and, you know, in all your leagues. And, again, the main event's coming up. So so the kidding around is pretty much over. So let, let's hit it, guys, and, and good luck to you all. And we will see you out in Vegas. I will be there if um, you happen to see me. You know, make sure to, to pull me pull me aside and say hello. And, uh, you know, that that's it. We've got uh, – we're heading towards the main stretch here for the big money leagues.